0: Hey everyone, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Tennytown. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Two Kings, One Merge. Um, But before we get into this episode, as always, just want to express my appreciation for all of you that continue to remain subscribed to Tennytown and that have allowed us to make these donations uh, every single month to awesome charities like Feeding America. So it really means a lot to me that you guys are willing to pay 20 bucks of your hard-earned money every single month to hear my thoughts on things and then obviously in return... Uh, I try to do something good for the world. Um, as most of you are probably know, um, in Town in 2023, I'm going to essentially make all of the Tendytown content free. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, I first went into this thinking that, like, you know, I need to to charge people money f- in order for them to value it, and in return, I'll do something good that also has the net benefit of me, you know, getting tax write offs on my capital gains. Uh, And that'll be like my reward for putting in the effort to try to share information with people. Um, But as you know, we've gone on over the last year and year and a half, um, you know, my following has grown a lot. And I just think I have a lot more uh, support than I did earlier, uh, when we first started this thing as to, you know, how people regard my content, I've actually been getting a lot of like, uh, you know, really awesome, like, dms and and tweets from people saying like how much they value it and i I think the value in it is that i'm just a straight shooter um i don't try to bullshit you or i don't subscribe to sort of like any ideology about the markets um i try to remain as level-headed and rational as possible and i think that like that idea of like cutting through the bullshit of a lot of like financial news and opinions and pundits uh really speaks to people and um You know, the most important thing to me that I've always wanted to do um, in regards to this podcast is like try to give back to people um, and and tell them the things that I wish I had learned at an earlier point in time to sort of hopefully try to scave off other people's headaches. Um, And I guess as my following has grown uh, and I have more of a reputation, I just feel more compelled to make the content as accessible as possible um, because I found that, you know, this experience has basically taught me that the last year and a half is that, you know, value isn't derived from what people think about you. It's it's your it value is derived from my ability to essentially um, provide a need um, that I think is very much needed in the space. And so I'm pretty confident that if I can um, continue to, you know, do what I've always done and do it in a way where um, there is... Um, more accessibility, making the content free for everybody to access, uh, and trying to do that across multiple platforms, then the value, um, and the effort that is put in, uh, in order to do that, um, will eventually find its way back to me, whether it's karma or whatever sort of thing you believe in. Um, So last episode, I was talking about being a little unsure how I would do the audio podcast format, did some research, it seems like there's some WordPress plugins uh, involved where I could introduce snippets of... You know the articles. You know, voice record them to give people this sort of audio experience that they're looking for. I know a lot of people value the audio podcast because uh, they have the freedom to essentially listen to it at any point in time, whether you're at the gym or driving to work or um, you know just hanging out on the weekend. It's it's it's, you know thirty minutes where you can just sit and reflect on what I'm saying and. So I want to maintain the integrity of that for people that uh, value it, so I'm probably going to just do a a plug-in on my website. Um, uh, For those of you that don't know, I launched tinytown.com last week, and um, yeah, so I I wrote about four different articles. I'm going to slowly try to ramp up the pace of the articles uh, into 2023. I am very busy. I've got a lot of things going on right now, Um, but my intention is to try to put out like one to two articles a week, uh, until 2023 where in 2023, um, you know, I plan to go more full speed at it. Um, the podcast, it takes up a decent amount of time because not only do I have to find a window to where I'll be home and it'll be quiet for an hour and I can sit down and record and then spend another hour editing it and, you know, trying to balance that, uh, you know, on the weekends is, is a difficult thing to do. Um, but I think by moving uh, in a way to where not only I can make the content more accessible but moving in a way where uh, people can consume it in smaller bits of information Um, you know where it doesn't take up 30 minutes of their time if they want to read it it'll take four minutes if they want to listen to it it might take eight minutes Um, but still trying to get the message across in a more concise manner I think that's not only like more valuable for your time, but also mine, um, and will allow me to produce content at more scalability than I can at this moment in time when I have to sit down, uh, in front of a mic for, you know, hours at a time sometimes, uh, and, you know, crank these podcasts out. So, um, that's what I'm intending to do. Um, that way those of you that prefer the audio experience can get that. Um, and then also if you happen to know anybody that might be interested in doing brand awareness things, uh, I'm potentially looking for some sponsors for any sort of direct ads on the website um and also um, given that i'm going to be recording audio uh, if anyone if you happen to know anyone who might want to do like a 30 second pre-roll sponsorship thing before the audio version of each article comes out um tell them to hit me up i'm looking for people to do that um so yeah um, getting right into this episode um, first thing I want to talk about is, uh, first of all, Queen Elizabeth died. So the pun on the, uh, on the, uh, title is, you know, I always have some sort of creative title for each episode, but two Kings, cause you have the emergence of King Charles. Uh, and then the second King is, I think as we'll get into in this episode, you have the emergence of, uh, King Bitcoin, who is, I think about ready to let everybody know who's boss. Uh, And then one merge, because obviously Ethereum in the last week switched to proof of stake, um, which is an awesome uh, change to the future of crypto. Um, But I don't think it's anything that necessarily has to derive any sort of value at this moment in time. Um, So I figured this episode would kind of be, you know, sometimes I I dictate between crypto and stocks, Sometimes I dictate one or the other. Um, This one, I want to particularly talk about crypto um but i think you know we are moving towards an ever more important world where uh crypto is going to be more sensitive to actually what's going on in traditional economics uh as it per as it pertains to like the idea of risk on and risk off um so i want to sort of touch on uh what i think is kind of what we can expect from the crypto market in the next 6 months a year um uh you know what the best thing to keep in mind might be um and then obviously uh some things to try to personalize it as much as possible uh you know one of my big philosophies is that everybody is different and there is no answer that you can really give universally to people about what they should do with their money um so i try to personalize it as much as possible present scenarios offer my thoughts on what i am speculating on um and then um you know hopefully you can take that time to reflect and uh Use that and tailor it to what you feel applies to you and what doesn't. And then from there, um, you know, hopefully be able to come out of it making, you know, better decisions that are going to influence your uh, mental health and financial life. So first thing I want to talk about is I think we're pretty much on the verge of altcoins going to the total gulag. Um, so, you know, I've, I've talked about this in the past, but altcoins are not um, this, this like random, you know, mystery science, right? altcoins are basically an index of risk um so usually when you are seeing you know calls for alt season or are popping off it's it's basically the predominant signal of confidence among the crypto markets um, that people are willing to take more risk because altcoins uh, will generally follow the general direction of king bitcoin but at the same time uh, they are more volatile they're less liquid uh, and leverage, uh, they usually involve more leverage because higher volatility, less liquidity, and more leverage means uh, more potential for profits, so hence why when people are feeling confident and risk-on, uh, they will would rather uh, trade altcoins rather than something that's slow and boring like Bitcoin. Um, but I think we are entering a stage, especially after the Ethereum merge, and especially just the reaction of Ethereum against Bitcoin um, after the merge. I think the the main surge that you saw in the ETH BTC trading pair was after the announcement of the merge. Um, you know, Ethereum basically rocketed from like 0.025, uh, 0.03 area. That's when Yudi had his death of Ethereum you know meme. Um, Twitter spaces and then you know it rocketed to like 0. 8, 0. 0.08 basically stayed between 0. 0.06 and 0. 0.08 for a significant period of time re rocketed as the merge was approaching we saw that bounce off the lows it was almost a hundred percent bounce and I think now we're going to start seeing the return of altcoins to the gulag except this is going to probably have a uh, tremendous more effect on people uh, this time around versus the latter because you know, you see coins like AVAX who you know went to like $150 a coin now they're trading at 18, and people are wondering, well, how much lower can this go? Well, you know, if, if Ethereum BTC like nukes to 0.03 and Ethereum goes to like $750 and, and, and Bitcoin stays at like 20k, um, then you're gonna see AVAX go to like two or three dollars, right? And, you know, you're going to see coins like Matic probably go back to 10 cents. You're going to see coins, um, trying to think of other popular ones, Doge might go under a cent. Um, Solana has the possibility of going to $15, um, although I think that one is probably um, the safest out of all the ones that I'm mentioning. The point being that you have to understand that, that crypto is, because it's such a speculative market, it is only about risk and risk on and risk off and i think you have to kind of look at the macroeconomic circumstances of america today and realize that we're just not in a risk on period right risk on in in most american <clears throat> years is either you know strong economy with low inflation that gives the fed the ability to raise interest rates if they feel the economy is running too hot to hopefully not build up inflation it also gives the fed the ability if we're coming out of a difficult period to continue to cut interest rates to promote borrowing um and lending which will re-stimulate economic growth if they feel inflation is too low or if economic growth is slowing And we're in one of those periods right now where the economy is running too hot which is why inflation is as high as it is. So the Federal Reserve is essentially trying to slow down economic growth so that inflation comes down as a result. And when inflation comes down, then they have the ability to re-stimulate economic growth by cutting interest rates once that's actually quelled. Um, But it doesn't seem like that's going to be happening anytime within the next two to three years, um, as long as we're sort of playing by the rules of the CPI inflation basket as of right now. Um, So I think when it comes to crypto and you and you kind of look at like the macroeconomic circumstances of the next two or three years you have to realize that the next two or three years are probably not going to be awesome years right they are probably going to involve i think in all likelihood not like a significant market crash um but more like a brutal like sideways chop um where the market will like maybe won't crack all-time highs for like two three four years maybe um so I mean if you look at the market in in real terms right the market's down like 20 25 percent then inflation's eight percent in real terms we're kind of experiencing a market crash to me it's kind of just more of like a deep recession or excuse me not deep recession like a deeper correction as I don't think we are remotely going to experience anything like the great financial crisis in 2008 if that was the case people would be losing their homes right now um you know, companies would be having mass layoffs. And yes, there are people who are selling their homes for lower prices. And yes, there are companies that have started hiring freezes or laid off 10% of their workforce, Uh, but nothing at the magnitude that we've seen, uh, you know, back in 2008. But there's so many people that, frankly, are just poor as fuck and 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 are praying for a scenario like that because what they really want to do is be able to buy the bottom and you know generate 40 50% returns on an annual basis as a result of doing that and their plan is to hold cash the entire time somehow find When this seemingly never-endless barrage of negative news floods the market as the markets plunge lower and lower and lower and the hyperbole gets bigger and bigger on CNBC and they somehow think that they're not going to get caught up in it even though they spend their entire day retweeting doom on Twitter. But, you know, I I, I can't really say what I think is going to happen in the S&P or uh, the NASDAQ. I think if you look at a lot of growth companies, they're starting to become, you know, they're reaching levels that they were trading at in 2018 with similar interest rates. Uh, Yet these companies are growing their revenue and their margins uh, year over year. Yeah, they're not profitable. And and usually I stick away from companies that aren't profitable. Um, But you also have companies like Facebook and, and Google that who's like... You know the price price to uh, price to earnings ratio has essentially you know has always been at like thirty and suddenly they're at like twelve and like fifteen and like you have to wonder like at what point do people like stop fucking selling Google stock like anybody selling Google stock right now is a fucking idiot because if there's any company that you can definitively point to in the next 50 years of having a complete monopoly on the future of the world i would argue it's google over amazon like yes amazon has a e-commerce monopoly um But what the fuck are you going to do without Google on the internet? And I can only imagine that the internet is becoming increasingly important in in business, in entertainment, and you need Google for that. I think Google is probably eventually going to become the number one market cap company in the world, um, you know, when when someone comes out with a better product than Apple. Um, But, you know, as I I said... um, I don't really think that people should be trying to necessarily guess when the bottom of the market's going to be. Um, and that's certainly not the approach that I've been taking. Getting Granted, I've been getting fucking hammered by the market um, for the better part of seven or eight months now. But um, you know, one of the things I do best is it doesn't change my outlook on anything, right? Because I recognize that like while everybody is losing their minds about this market and about what's really going on, I understand that there's opportunities here if I can be patient. For a long enough period of time. If I can buy um, Home Depot, Nvidia, Costco, uh, Apple, Google, um, AMD, uh, Cloudflare, Twilio, um, Lowe's, uh, McDonald's, you know, all of these. Um, awesome, you know, major companies that are going to be around for a long period of time, and I can buy them when they're 20, 25, 50% off the highs, I know that instead of making an annualized average return of 10%, I, may, I might make 20%. And, you know, you have every single active hedge fund manager in the world who is fucking killed to generate 20% returns on, on their capital. Yet they don't ever think to just fucking buy the dip and wait it out and so that's the game that i'm playing i'm playing you know five years out from now how am i going to double my money in five years instead of seven that's the game that i'm trying to play um and that's how i think i have the best opportunity of generating some sort of edge in the market i don't think it's levering my ass up with with options or or trying to predict whether the fed's going to raise interest rates 75 or 50 basis points or um you know trading futures or betting on gold versus equities or or you know where i think interest rates are headed i think a lot of that is all noise and i think a lot of it also applies to the crypto market i think what we're probably going to see over the next year or so is complete capitulation in altcoins as people realize that hey when people lose money and you and you live in a speculative market and there's this avalanche of losses and it continues to get worse than people anticipated, then you're just basically just going to have this endless selling pressure where you're like – in this infinite loop where the people who keep buying, thinking it can't go any lower, end up selling lower to people thinking the same thing at different prices. Um, I also think that because of the current economic situation where inflation is really not coming down as lo- as much as the Fed um, is continue to raise interest rates, that we're going to see liquidity dry up in the market. And that's obviously going to be uh, be causing some volatility um, that a lot of people might not be able to handle. Um, You know, a good rule of thumb for people um, is really kind of like asking yourself, uh, at what point in a market correction do you think you would start freaking out a little bit, right? So most people might answer like 40%. Like 40% is the point in time where I would start like getting really nervous and and you know consider selling things and taking money off the table, trying to protect my family, and protect my assets. Uh, good rule of thumb is cutting that shit in half because you say that you can say forty percent when when uh, you're confident and when the market's going up and you're being rational, um, but when the market drops twenty percent, that little thing starts fucking clicking in your head a little bit and you start going, well, should I sell now if the market drops 40%? Because if the market drops 40%, then I can buy back the shares that I lost on 20%. when it goes back up to uh, to all-time highs, then I'll make my money back, right? Like That's the thinking that most people take with the market. But what they end up doing is they might sell out at usually the worst points in time, either market bottoms, and they never buy it back in because they're in denial um, that they just fucked themselves over more. Or... Um, Or you have people that think, you know, it's got to go lower, things don't look good, they're only getting worse, how could it get any better at any point in time soon? And then again, the market roars off without them and they never deploy their cash. Um, So I think what you're probably going to see is not only complete and utter altcoin capitulation, but I think that's probably going to be magnified by volatility picking up in traditional markets. And if there's one thing for sure, it's that crypto markets are more volatile than traditional markets. Um, So you're likely to see tremendous volatility um, in Ethereum and Bitcoin and in altcoins, uh, particularly to the downside, likely in the next year or so. you know, well, I, I do think the end. Uh, I I do think at the end of the day, um, Bitcoin has seen the worst of it. I think um, you know 14k. You know, a lot of people are calling for that. I am not quite sure. I would buy into that. Um, you know, I, I I you know I I sold the top last year, and I think I made that very public. But I was always thinking after I sold the top that. You know, it was a possibility that, like, 29K would hold. I didn't rule it out, but I felt that BDC going under 25K uh, was rather unlikely. And then guess what? It fucking puked right through 25K and, you know, went all the way down to, what, 17.5? Um, but I do think that, you I mean, we have to see how everything develops. I think 14K is a probability. I would probably put it at, like, 20%. Um, probability but i think there's a larger probability that bitcoin more so holds its own over the course of the next year um and altcoins go through complete capitulation you know avax to 2 dollars matic to 10 cents um you know doge probably going under a cent uh solana might go to 15 dollars um i'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head here um bnb might go to that one's holding up tremendously That one might go to like 200. Um, uh, Cardano might go to like 20 cents. Like, I'm basically saying that I think altcoins, while they might be down 70 or 80% right now, I still think they have the ability to fall 80% from here. Um, So, you have to be very, very cautious with the altcoins that you're picking up. Uh, I tweeted this a couple times last week, but if you are picking up altcoins, I would highly recommend picking up altcoins that are going to be stronger than eth um when you look at them on a you know whatever coin uh against ether um make sure that this is a coin that is showing strength against ether um but also be cautious because i think ether is displaying a lot of weakness against bitcoin right now so uh be careful with that um you know, honestly, if you don't want to be picking up coins, you know, a lot of the coins that do well in the next cycle haven't even fucking come out yet, right? They usually emerge like in 2023 as a Binance, you know, listing, right? So maybe you the coins that you want to buy right now that you think are going to be around next cycle, maybe what you should do is stack cash. And then when you see these listings and these coins that are going to be new for optimistic rollups and whatnot, like Maybe that's when you want to fucking start start buying those those coins have the potential to do really well because they haven't experienced a cycle or investor unlocks yet or uh, things of that nature. Um, but you know my last point at the end of the day here, um, you really have to define what sort of like timeline you're pay- you're playing, right? And I know I say this pretty much every episode, but it's it's because it's probably one of the best pieces of uh, you know wisdom that I've learned over the course of of being in markets the last uh you know four years or so which is you have to sort of define your timeline right like what what's your end goal here i'm usually operating on a time frame of like five years right So I'm not afraid to buy NVIDIA stock at $150 and it plunges to $130 because I know in five years that NVIDIA stock is probably, you know, granted we don't go through some sort of economic depression. I feel like NVIDIA stock is going to be like $500 a share. So whether I buy at $150 or $125 and it goes to $500, I don't really give a fuck. Uh, I'd rather have exposure than not have exposure. Um, With altcoins, it's it's a lot trickier, right? Because you want to pick things that... Um, don't have venture capital unlocks or um, uh, coming up anytime soon, uh, you want to pick things that you think have strong price action, then you can look at the narrative um, because the price action will eventually drive the narrative. Um, Dejan Spartan loves that mean of, uh, you know, fundamentals are rapidly increasing, and it, uh, as price goes up and it's really funny because it's fucking true because you start seeing people talk about so optimistically and utope, uh, utopian, like about the future when their coins are going up. Uh, and, and, you know, they start talking about use cases, but at the end of the day, it's a fucking, uh, magical pony ride on a, on a Ponzi coin that you're just intending to dump to some fucking idiot who believes in it more than you. Um, so I think what's probably going to go down is probably lots of pain in the next year. um, you know whether that's out of like boredom related pain or you know people who uh haven't quite capitulated from the markets you know you tell them that their portfolio can fucking catch a knife and fall 70 80 from here because they're fully exposed in altcoins that they thought it completely found a bottom uh yeah that's that's gonna be a hard one to stick to your guns about um but also at the same time, I think a lot of the people who have sidelined themselves through these, um, you know, balances like on Ethereum, where it went from a thousand to two thousand, I think these people are never going to deploy their cash, and if they do, it'll be like the equivalent of when BTC broke the 20k high, like it'll be once they feel that there's an immense amount of confidence and certainty that we are in a bull market, by breaking the previous all time high, that's when they'll start deploying. And, you know, that's fine, you can still make good money doing that, but you're missing out on uh, a lot of the multiples, if you're going to wait that long, in my opinion. Um, So it, it really just depends, like, you know, what is your end game in crypto? If Ethereum, like, like the thing that I would probably say to most people is, like, let's say Bitcoin in the next cycle goes to 100k and Ethereum goes to 10k. Or let's say Bitcoin goes to 120k and Ethereum goes to 10k. Now, think about the money that you have today. Think about the money that you're going to be able to invest in crypto over the course of the next year. And think about what your portfolio would look like if 120k and 10k Ethereum were a reality. Or, uh, you know, $400 Solana. Um, I don't really, you know, I I think that's going to happen for Solana, but I can't really say with absolute certainty whether I think this coin is going to survive or not. Um, but, you know, think about that. And if that makes you happy, then you need to, like, fucking really evaluate your timeline here. Because if you can endure, like, a year's worth of pain and then eventually come out... You know, two or three years from now, making, you know, 500, 600, 700%, you know, maybe a thousand percent on your money, um, does the pain that you're, you might endure um, getting that exposure now uh, really matter? Um, And it will feel like it matters in the moment because it's obviously hard to endure those things. And quite frankly, uh, crypto is very addicting, right? It's one of those things where it it has the possibility to grab your attention. I remember when I first started getting out in crypto, like my girlfriend and I would be hanging out and I would be like literally on my laptop. And this is at the time where I only had like $5,000 in my name. But like the idea of me like making $100 a day in high school was like so fucking mind-blowing to me coming from, you know, a family that, um, struggled so much with money, uh, it was, it was fucking mind-blowing that it soaked up all my attention, uh, to the point where I wasn't sleeping at night, I couldn't sit down and watch a movie with my girlfriend without checking the prices on crypto, um, you know, if, I, I remember telling her that, like, we, that I didn't want to, like, go out to, like, the mall or to, like, get dinner because, something might happen to the markets and you know you have to realize like at that point in time like that's not trading that's not investing that is straight up gambling related addiction uh, which is something that i definitely had to you know help myself out of during that period of time by essentially changing my time horizons and 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 um you know thinking about risk and reward in in such a different way because while there might be risks and rewards financially i can guarantee you that um You know, taking risk financially also means you're going to take risk with your mental health. So um, you have to be really, really cautious of what that means to you. Um, So it's crucial that you understand what kind of timeline you're playing on. If you're someone who's a great scalper, who gives a fuck what the crypto market's going to look like in a year from now, right? You, You don't care about price. You care about fucking the market in a very short term, the momentum leading you to a profit. Right. So whether Bitcoin goes to fucking $100 or $2 million, it doesn't matter to you because all you're doing is trying to take advantage of the momentum um, and use that to make a profit. Um, If you're someone who's an investor. You shouldn't be caring about what the fuck's going to happen today, tomorrow, next week, what the Fed's going to say, you know, which which fucking altcoins going to go up a thousand X next. Like you should probably be just dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin and Ethereum, recognizing that you probably have a pretty good chance of making 500 percent by 2025, which significantly outweighs. Um, you know, anything you're going to get in the market, but you have to also know yourself that to be able to stomach that volatility, if Ethereum drops, drops 60% from here, and you're going to feel the urge to sell out and that you were a fucking idiot, then you probably shouldn't dollar cost average. Um. So, as I mentioned, I think we're probably due for a lot of pain when it comes to altcoins for people. I think you're going to see uh just complete and utter capitulation uh in those regards. I think most of the capitulations over for Bitcoin. You could argue that Ethereum can still fall 50% from here. So, um but just think about like what kind of time frame you're operating on. Think about your volat- uh, your volatility tolerance, volatility tolerance. Think about um uh you know, whether you need to start tuning out some of the twitter timeline right you have people that are constantly arguing about various different opinions and they all have different approaches and they all work on different time frames and they're all telling you that there's only one way to look at this market and that's just completely not the case you have to find uh and as much as you might try to copy trade other people uh it doesn't fucking work if you don't have the same stomach and the same mentality as far as the time frames that you're operating on So really, really, I encourage you to take the time before things get, you know, in my opinion, quite ugly. Take the time to figure out what the fuck you're going to do. Figure out your tolerance. If you don't think that you can stomach, like, Ethereum going to, like, $700, you probably shouldn't be in crypto. Honestly. Like, you should probably be dollar-cost averaging into Pepsi, McDonald's, Johnson & Johnson, Apple, Google stock right now. Because you know if you're looking to make like if you're looking to double your money in the next 5 years you will do that dollar cost averaging into those stocks and you will sleep like a fucking baby every night but if you're the type of person who's not going to sleep at night unless you make 500% in the next 3 years then you should dollar cost average because you know your risk tolerance is is taking t- your, your limits as far as risk tolerance are taking too little risk. So, if you feel like you can stomach any sort of volatility uh, to the downside, but the idea of missing out on a, on a 500% return by 2025 or a 1000% return is the thing that's keeping you up at night, which I feel is only for a small portion of people, um, then you need to implement whatever strategy you think is best in order to do that, uh, whether that's trading, scalping, uh, swing trading, leverage trading. Um, you know, I think in most people, most most situations, uh, nine out of ten times, people should people should stay away from leverage. Um, I think there's very few people in the crypto space that have made the majority of their money leverage trading, uh, outside of scalping. Um, you know, very short term. Like I, I trade like 500 times a day level scalping. Um, I think a lot of the people that swing trade with leverage eventually get wrecked. I think um, people that size up a lot with leverage betting heavily on moves that they feel are a big certainty. I think it works for a really uh, I think it works for a period of time where they might martingale themselves into uh vast amounts of wealth, but I think it ends up in in usually despair eventually. Um you know, someone like Jesse Livermore comes to mind with that. But as I said, I think you know, to sort of recap this episode, if you're going to be dollar cost averaging, I think it's a fucking great time to do it for Bitcoin. I really don't think we'd see lower than 14k, although it's a possibility, I think it's unlikely. Um, If you're an Ethereum believer, proof of stake is an absolutely bullish catalyst. I think that it'll probably get a 10K in the next cycle, uh, but you need to be able to realize that it might go to $700. So if you can stomach that, then you should dollar cost average into that as well. Um, You know, if you're a big believer in Solana being the next Ethereum, um, keep in mind, probably can drop a little bit more than Ethereum, but definitely more upside there than Ethereum, in my opinion. Um, And then as far as other altcoin bags, I would really check to see how they're doing against Ethereum because Ethereum really is like the altcoin index. And Bitcoin is the general index of risk on and risk risk off. But I think you're going to see probably bad altcoin capitulation. You're going to see some weird things as far as uh, economic policy in the next year. And I just think it's generally not going to be great for people. But if you can see through the fucking smoke that everybody's losing their heads, um, you know, you have a great opportunity to make, you know, abnormal amounts of returns. Uh, If your timeframes are long enough uh, and if your timeframes are short, then you need to uh, implement strategies where... um, you know, volatility is something that has the ability to lose you a little bit of money and make you a little bit of money. But if you can implement a strategy on a consistent basis, then it's obviously something that's going to be scalable. So just focus on that. Um, hope this episode was insightful. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.